Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you Hey, you are just in time for one of the best shows of the business. It's the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. Glad to have you aboard for the Tuesday Prospect Show. We do it every week, 5 p.m. Tuesday afternoon slash early evening. And it's not Phil Goyette, though. That is not Phil Goyette. We've got Christian Crespo himself. The man is here. The legend. I've been wanting to have him on for a bit. This guy knows a lot about prospects. He's got experience with the Tigers. There's nothing this guy can't do in this prospects world. So we're very grateful that Christian has decided to accept our offer to fill in for Phil, fill in for Phil this week, because Phil had a uh, had an issue come up. Uh, Phil, hope everything goes well, get better. Yeah. But, you know, not having Phil today means we get the benefit of your presence. So in a way, I'm grateful that you're here and welcome to the show, Christian. No, thank you for having me. I've, I mean, I've, I comment every week, you know, I'm always tuned in and, uh, you know, I'm finally, finally excited to actually be a part of it now. That's right. Absolutely you do. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. And, you know, you're doing your own work with Triple Play as well. You're creating videos with Marty Tallman talking about prospects. You guys are doing yeah. different prospects for different teams and top tens. Tell a little bit about what's going on over there with Triple Play. Oh, that, you, that prospect series has been absolutely incredible. Uh, Marty and I, uh, he's been great, too. I mean, I brought it up to him and uh, we've just... I mean, the chemistry was built from the very beginning and, you know, we're going through each organization. Uh, I put my own top 10 rankings of prospects for each organization and kind of breaking them down and giving my reasoning behind it, kind of giving a little bit of the dynasty aspect as well. Um, mm -hmm. But for the most part, I just talking baseball, talking prospects, I, I love it and I could do it 24 seven. It's so much fun because a yeah. prospect is always about promise. Yes. It's the sense of hope. Hey, there's somebody <laughs> new who's going to solve all of our problems and be the savior. And, and that just is a gift that keeps on giving. So in a sense, I, I could appreciate that. Also, shout out to Marty, who is, yeah. of course, one of my friends, a local Detroiter like myself. And one of the first people I met back in 2020 was Marty. Had him on this Palazzo podcast. But that was two years ago that he first came on. So... Big fan of Marty, always will be. Uh, we got Helmut in the house. Helmut Carmales, who always checks in. Good to see you, my friend. He wants to talk about Mitch Keller. Video online showing Mitch Keller throwing 100 with nice breaking pitches, too. Most responses dismissive. What do you think? I'll turn it right over to you, Christian. 
Mitch Keller is somebody that going into each season, there was a lot of people hyped up on him just because of the potential that he has, uh, the spin on his pitches, the way he's able to execute. The issue is when he actually gets into games and on the mound, he's not able to bring what he does in the bullpens and off the mound into the games. Um, so, yeah, the videos look great, but how are we? how is it going to translate over to the games? Because it's, it's way different. And, I mean, he ran into his issues. He has trouble keeping the ball in the ballpark. And, and you can throw 100 miles per hour, but if you leave it right down the middle of the plate, you're, it's not going to do – it's not going to be any good. So, Yeah, I've heard movement is important. You know, deception, these things matter. Yeah. So if that doesn't change for Mitch Kettler, then what really changes for him? So, are, are, so would you – would you be buying him if the price was right, if there was a cheap way to get him? If you could pick him up for a very, very minimal draft pick and a first-year player draft that was, like, way low or even for just another minor leaguer who wasn't of major note? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's a former top prospect as well. If you can throw out a another low-end prospect in a deal, maybe the owner soured on him, why not? Take that chance. Ooh, soured. Nothing like being soured on by the owner. That's usually yeah. a red flag. Uh, Mitch Keller, to me, is somebody who showed a lot of promise, but I have not seen enough where I'm that excited about him personally either from my point of view. And, you know, I'm playing more and more Dynasty than ever this year, Christian. I'm in, I think I'm in three now. <laughs> it's hey, it's really tense in this one. Yeah, yeah. Right now in the league that I joined with, the Dingers crew, Robbie from the Dingers podcast, who's a great dude. Love Robbie, baseball, and Ty. Of course, Ty. But they've started the restricted free agency period that they have in this league, and it's mm-hmm. it's very complicated in the fact that they post messages because it's hosted on fan tracks, mm-hmm. and they post in the message board, here, this guy is available, and then you start bidding message by message, and you got to keep track of it all, and you only get 24 hours until the it expires, and whoever makes the best bid gets the player, so... Pretty intense, pretty intense yeah, stuff going on definitely. in that dynasty league right now. Yeah, I, you like I said, you lose track, especially when you join so many, and it's just you just get lost in it because everybody's favorite. I mean, my favorite process is draft. The draft is always just so exciting. So you want to continue to do all these drafts, and then by the time you realize you're in five, six different leagues, and you just got to try to keep up with all of them. Uh, can you tell people real quickly about your uh, experience with the Detroit Tigers? You have a little bit of a background with them. Yes, I do. Um, so I worked with the Tigers for four seasons. Uh, first year, I was an intern in international operations. Uh, so that was cool to you know see that side of baseball. Not a lot of people get to experience that. And then uh, after that, I worked another three years in player development where I was around the minor leagues a lot. And that's where you know I grew that love for prospects and really – um, understanding all the work and stuff that goes into developing them to get them to the major leagues. There's a lot of things that people don't know or, it, you know, everybody wants all these guys to grow through the major leagues super quick and get them up and make that impact. But there's just so much that goes into it that people don't understand. And that's that's the exciting thing because you get to see it from the ground up. What don't people understand? What's one thing that people probably just wouldn't understand, even if they were a regular, avid dynasty player? Well, so a lot of these guys, they're baseball players, but they're normal people. I mean, they have to go through the ebbs and flows of traveling through the minor league season, you know, in a bus and, you know, making sure that they're prepared for every game. When I was a part of it, we had 
we had a night game at seven o'clock and then we drive eight hours to get to the next city to then play a game that next day. So it's those things that, you know, yeah, they, they have to produce on the field, but they still have to go through all these other things as well that people just don't, don't really like take into consideration. Out of sight, out of mind. That is the love of the game right there. You talk about for the love of the game. That yeah, you really have that's to love what that game. is in action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris is like, you really, really gotta love the game. Oh yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, hey. Go Tigers. That's right, go Tigers. Either way, Christian knows a lot about this stuff. So I'm trying to set the tone for you all to understand that. If you're new to Christian, make sure you follow him on Twitter at C C R E S underscore two six. Seacrest under oh, it kind of sounds like Seacrest. Seacrest out, but that's capital C, capital C, <laughs> lowercase R E S underscore two six. If you're seeing it on the live stream, but if you're not, this is for all you podcast people where you can hear the Palazzo podcast on Spotify and Apple and all your favorite platforms. Five star rating would make everything better for us. Utah always improves our life. So if you can find time to do that, please and thank you. So Absolutely. let's talk about. Some of the first-year player draftees here. We've been talking about this a little bit here and there, mixing it in. If you guys have questions, you guys always do. Christian's not shy. He's happy and ready to go, armed and loaded to take on your questions right here in the live chat, right? So feel free to do that. But at the same time, you know, of the top 20 guys, let's say the top 20 guys that were drafted in baseball last year, who is one guy that we should know the most who's maybe not the biggest name. Like a Brady House, everyone's talking Brady House. Ooh, Brady House. Uh, is there one guy in the top 20 draftees that you're like, this is a guy you should know who's getting a little bit less run? Well, it's funny because you say Brady House, everybody's talking about Brady House, but he he's getting overshadowed as well um, just oh. because of the, the names like Marcelo Meyer. And now you have Suzuki coming into the first-year player draft conversation as well. Khalil Watson was a big name that fell in the draft, but a lot of people were in on him because of signability. Um, I just feel like the situation that he fell in was was great. Um, but another person that I actually brought up in a comment a couple weeks ago when Phil, when you and Phil were doing it was a uh, James Triantos, uh, drafted by the Cubs, third baseman. Uh, he. Oh. He is just uh, such a polished hitter in college. You know, he showed power. He showed a plus hit tool. He's somebody that, you know, can go in first round of first-year player drafts. So that's that's the name I'm I'm looking I'm looking at in mind when it comes up. But uh, shh, I don't want my other league mates to know. <laughs> this is one of the problems when you start doing analysis in the public sphere. Yeah. You put yourself out there. Sure, you want to yeah. keep some, you know, some nuggets for yourself. Smart move on your part. Yeah. Very good. But at the same time, you also want to – people want to be drawn to you. This is one of the most competitive spaces there ever was. Prospects, more and more people are coming out of the work. You know, Eric Cross is well-known. and A guy like Anderson is a huge name. And there's so many other – there's so many people who are really into the dynasty and prospects. Is it the Welsh to the prospect? One is one of the best yeah. prospect podcasts in the business. So you got to stand out at the same time by letting people know that you have a clue and that you could provide them something unique, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then another name, actually, that is kind of getting you know lost in the weeds is uh, Harry Ford, catcher drafted by Seattle. 
And a lot of people like Henry Davis because he was the number one. He was the shiny guy at the top of the draft. Um, but Harry Ford is, you know, one of those athletic catchers. Very good behind the plate. He has a strong hit tool. I might not, you know, end up at catcher long term, but he, like I said, he's so athletic. He He's going to find a way into the lineup every day. He has such great bat speed, too. I mean, just he generates so much power. He has a nice natural loft and a swing. Um, he's he's definitely I, – I honestly would probably draft him over Henry Davis, to be honest. But this is a guy that we won't see in the majors for what, three years? For a while. Two, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yeah. If we're lucky. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I talked to Graham, my pal Graham, also known as Shrimp Boat Captain on Twitter. You can hear him on the Draft Champions podcast with Zach Waxman, who are those are good people. Graham, hope you're doing well, my man. Always rooting for you. He's a really good dude. He's also Canadian, and my girlfriend's Canadian. I got a soft spot for Canadians. What can I say? But Graham asked me a couple weeks ago, he hit me up in a DM, and he was doing a first-year player draft for his Dynasty League. And he asked me, what do you think, Harry Ford? Or Stephen Kwan, I think, was the other choice. And I was like, well, I mean, it depends on your situation here. You know, are you trying to win now? Are you looking to build assets? I mean, it really comes yeah. down to your roster construction and what your current disposition is, right? Yeah, absolutely. It just it just depends. But, I mean, for the most part, if you're able to grab, you know, one of these younger guys that it it's tough to say a prospect is projectable just because nobody ever is and you never know. But somebody as athletic, you you the way I look at it is you got to target athletes because athletes tend to develop a little better than, you know, these other bigger guys that might fill out and outgrow, you know, outgrow themselves or, you know, might move themselves out of a position and then they have trouble finding finding a spot. Um, so a guy like Davis, you know, that's somebody that. He's his bat is going to play at the big league level and should continue to play as he continues to develop to get there. So that's somebody that I would target. You know, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. You got to see. Obviously, you have to see your roster and how how it's built. Um, and then from there, you, you know, if you're one piece away, you can draft Seiya Suzuki because, you know, he's going to impact your your team from the very beginning. But if you have, you know, the opportunity to take one of these young guys, you know, the Khalil Watsons that aren't going to be up for a while because he's so young. But that's, I mean, Jordan Lawler is another one that I'm, you know, really high. This is a very deep shortstop class. And then yeah. uh, Trey Sweeney. I mean, Trey Sweeney is extremely overlooked, you know, because he was drafted later on by the Yankees. And the Yankees have so many middle infield prospects in their organization. They're just so deep there. It's <laughs> They do. It, it's it's an Volpe embarrassment and- of riches. It's an embarrassment of riches. Um, but yeah, guys like that. I mean, for and for me, I'm I'm willing to take that chance and you know take a chance on somebody who's a little younger who might take a little longer to make an impact in my team, my roster. But I mean, the the potential upside for these guys is is incredible. You just have to make sure you you, you know you do the work or you follow us. You know, ask us the questions. Uh, we're always willing to help. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way I approach it. Smart man. I like that. I saw a tweet earlier today. Somebody said, hey, let's do it. Don't sign and Drelton Simmons, for example, mm-hmm. as a you know, longtime veteran shortstop who could fill a gap for you. But let's play Oswald Peraza. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The way he the way he did this this past season, it was 
I mean, somebody his size, too, because he's not the biggest guy, but he just makes an impact at the plate, on the field, too. You know, very smooth hands, can play anywhere up the middle. I mean, it, even and they, I mean, they could go and they could sign Trevor Story if they wanted to. And then, you know, the, nope. but uh, why? Why do it? Because you have Volpe coming up. You have Peraza coming up. I mean, it's, like I said, embarrassment of riches. And then you just draft Trey Sweeney, who's just going to fit in perfectly as a lefty playing in that ballpark. It's... And they just uh, signed the international signing last week, two weeks ago. What's his face? The One of the best. Supposed to top five as well. Yeah. Um, crap. Yeah, his name right the now. way that they, they, they invest so much money in their minor league system, they, they've done a great job at it too i mean you can see it they're, they're producing they're they have the money to spend but and then their farm system is just so strong as well it's yep. it's like the i mean it's, it's tough to compare any team to the rays when it comes to building throughout the farm system but you know they're they're getting there they have these impact bats down there ready to go you know developing at a good pace so that you know if let's say they can't re-sign aaron judge you know they've got guys coming up i mean there's a prospect in their organization that gets so overshadowed, Anthony Garcia. You know, he's big power, big bat. You know, he has a lot of swing and miss to his game. I mean, he when he first um, when he first got signed and brought up from the Dominican Summer League, I yeah. think he struck out like 40% of the time. <gasps> yeah, but his power potential is, is incredible. And he, the way he's developed, he's 21, so he should be up, you know, relatively soon but i mean they, they've traded for joey gallo they've got aaron judge they've got stanton they have aaron hicks stills but this is somebody that could make that impact soon and it, it like i said he think about it. you think prosper a yankee prospect outfielders you think jason dominguez <laughs> but they heard his name for years yeah <laughs> Still it, not it, up. he's 18 years old and then mm. you have these other guys that are ready to go it's it's crazy. Insane. That's wild. That is so wild. I think about that. By the way, the international signee's name was Roderick Arias. So Roderick he Arias. is yeah, shortstop. the next. I mean, it's going to be a long, long time. But the Yankees have the resources. Phil's talked about it on the show as well recently, saying the Yankees have so much extra resources. Not bonus money because I've, we all know everything's slotted and organized now. But beyond that, they could still put out an army of scouts and people that are just building facilities in the Dominican or other areas where they're trying to find elite talent. So that's yeah, an advantage and, and it always will be. And Arias is, is another guy. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a, sorry, not a guy. He's a kid, but he's <laughs> yeah. six, two, and he's still filling out. He, I mean, he's, he's going to continue to grow. Obviously he's probably going to outgrow shortstop because especially at six, two already at his age, it it's, almost inevitable even though i don't like saying that because you never know i mean there are i mean carlos correa is a very big shortstop but he plays the position very well so you never know but i mean he's going to be an above average hitter too it's it's yeah there's no such thing as a international signee that flamed out right no never never (laughs) no Hey, yeah, we like crack jokes here on the Plaza Podcast. This is Christian Crespo. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. 
The handle's right before you. Sub the Triple Play Fantasy Sports YouTube channel. They cover everything, football, baseball, basketball. They do it all, and they do it very, very well. They are a growing brand that you need to be connected with, so make sure you take your time to do that. and Check out Christian's work with Marty Tallman. It's wonderful. It's elite stuff. If you like prospect stuff, we do a quick half-hour stuff, but they take it a little bit deeper and provide you more, so you can complement that by adding it to your repertoire. All right, so as far as... When it comes to dynasty play, are you the type of guy who likes to build assets? I'm just curious. Or are you trying to win every single year? Because this is the endless debate. People say you can win dynasty every year if you're just willing to not be so obsessed with prospects all the time. Yeah. It's about being smart with it. So my first year, I went with kind of a half and half approach, which everybody says you should never do. But I knew that the way I was going into it I wasn't ready to put all my chips into the basket the first year because if you don't win that first year, I mean, I'm I'm in a deep league. And if you don't win that first year and you don't set yourself up for future years as well, you're kind of screwed. So what I Why? did was I draft because think about it. If you draft win now players, you're mostly going for the older guys, the guys in their 30s, really, because that's that's yeah. really around that age. That's win now. But when they get to that age, guys start breaking down. So, like, think about it. If you took Yelich in the first round last year in a dynasty draft, imagine what your team looks like right now. That's that's a tough spot. Okay. Same thing Same thing with Cody Bell. I mean, Cody Bellinger's still young, but after last yeah. year, his his ADP has sunk. It's crazy where he where people are able to draft him. Now, last season... You, you'd be lucky if you got him past pick seven in the first round. So yeah, the way you I are right about that. Yep. Yeah. The way I approached it was, you know, I, I'll get my elite talent at the arm, uh, an elite arm, and then I'll back it up with a strong, younger position player. And in one league, I went Jacob deGrom at the end of the first round because I had one of those later picks. And then I went, uh, I wanted to go Bobachev. Bobachev was taken right before me, literally the pick right before me. So I went Francisco Lindor. Uh, So I got, you know, Francisco Lindor didn't have a great year last year, but it was also his first year on a new team in New York, you know, big media. But, you know, I was willing, Francisco Lindor is a great, is a talented player. And, you know, it's somebody you could build your team around. So I mixed that up. And then, you know, I went a couple younger major league established players And then I started thinking, you know, if I'm going to continue with my approach, I'm going to go ahead and start taking these higher level prospects. So I drafted the Jason Dominguez. I drafted Riley Green. I drafted Nick York. I drafted all these guys. (laughs) I drafted all these young, you know, elite prospects with, you know, the idea of if I don't win this first year, but I'm close, I could then move them off in the second year for bigger player for more established major league players. So, you know, I Jason Dominguez is so far away, but he's a polarizing prospect. So people are attached more to his name than anything else. So you could sell him solely based off of his name. And you could sell him based off of his name, especially now with all these hype videos coming out of him hitting absolute moonshots on practice fields. Um <laughs> and you can get great value for him. I mean I was able to move him in a deal and get Fran Mil Reyes on my team. I mean, I, I'd make that move a million times. So, Hell yeah, absolutely. Somebody, 
a prospect that's not going to be up for another three, four years, and you could trade it for somebody that's going to help you win now. And that's why I went with that approach in the draft. Because now, Fred Reyes is still young too. So I traded a super young prospect for a young, really good major league player. And he's going to help me win now within the next couple years, as opposed to going all the older guys and then, you know, watching them flame out and then having nothing to support them. Right in that sweet spot. That's it. A guy like Femmeril Reyes is ideal. You're right. He's not too young. He's right in that prime he's starting to hit, and he's a productive 40-home run power hitter. That's a smart move. That's the kind of guy I'm going to follow. You are the kind of guy I'm following, and I do literally follow you on Twitter, so that makes sense. (laughs) I think we got a question. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Hey, all right, we got questions. Matthew Z, woohoo! Matthew Z is like, oh, he's a prospects guru himself. He just won't admit it. Good to see you, Matt. Dynasty trade question. Head-to-head, six-by-six with OBP. This is key, OBP. Mm-hmm. Give Franco, receive Luis Robert. What do you do here, Christian? What do you do? Wander Franco or Luis Robert with OBP? So I'm going to I'm gonna drop a sick brag here and um, tell you guys that I actually saw Wander Franco play live when he was in low A in 2019. And he is yeah. one of the most t- elite talents talents that I've seen, you know, and granted, I'm no scout, I'm no professional, but, you know, you can just tell when a player is really good and the way he, you know, approached at the play and all this stuff is just incredible. But to me, Wander Franco is going to be an incredible real life player, not essentially a fantasy player Uh oh. i personally like robert so much more even though he doesn't walk as much he's still going to contribute over five categories where franco he has power but not as much he doesn't have as much game power as robert can provide franco's also quick but he's not base running stealing ability quick And Robert definitely is. So somebody that's going to be able to contribute across all categories for me, I personally would do it. Especially with how deep shortstop is now at the major league level and throughout the minor leagues. I mean, that's somebody that that's a position that you could possibly, you know, get contribution from a couple different players. This probably more contribution from those guys when it comes to Robert. I mean, Robert's a first round talent in startup drafts like he's going in the first round for sure especially if i'm there uh, and if i'm one of those later picks i'm taking robert over franco i mean i was part of um chris clegg's um the fan tracks mock draft startup mock draft that they did and i actually took uh bobby witt over franco because i believe bobby witt's gonna be a way better fantasy player than franco can be and I only did that because Robert was taken right in front of me by Chris. So thanks for that. So I got <laughs> sniped. But yeah. Again. But uh, yeah, I, I believe Robert is a better fantasy player than than Franco. Well, there it is, Matthew. You heard it directly from his mouth. Christian Crespo telling it like it is here. And I got to say, I agree with you. I Love to watch Wander Franco play baseball. I saw, you know, the best player I ever saw in real life was Yoan uh, Mankata. I saw him at single A in Charleston, South Carolina. And this was in 2015. 
He was playing for the Charleston River Dogs. Man, I used to live in Charleston, South Carolina. And the River Dogs, that's a fun time. If you're looking for minor league fun and you're in Charleston during the summer, go see a River Dog game. Support minor league baseball. Bill Murray, I think, is a part owner of that team, so that's fun. Also, Yon Mankata stood out. His shoulders were so broad and huge. And this is, he was, this is 2015, just so six years ago. He's 20 years old. Uh, he was a stud among all those guys. He stood out. You could just see it. And you're like, man, this guy is going to be incredible. But at the same time, I'm kind of comparing this to your Wander Franco experience. Yes, impressive human being. Like, oh, look at this athlete. What an amazing athlete before me, I see. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a fantasy winner for you guys. That's that's one of the key aspects I think we always need to remind ourselves. What's the context? What are we doing here? What's the angle we're coming from? And that's why I really commend you for reminding us here, Christian, that you're coming from a fantasy perspective. You're trying to win money, win your league, not run a major league baseball team, which is a completely, not completely, but it's definitely a different scope. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, but... Yohan Moncada, pretty sneaky buy low in Dynasty right now. Because I believe, I mean, he's coming off of injury. He's coming off of co- like having COVID where he said it really impacted him. And, you know, he struggled a lot with it. Couldn't really get back. Uh, I I think he is a, a great talent. Definitely, definitely a buy low in Dynasty. If you're looking for a third baseman, if you're looking to, you know, sell off an older piece that's maybe a little better than him right now, but he's still super young. He's hitting in a great lineup. I mean, just hit definitely. Uh, I tr- I'm trying to buy buy Moncada right now. Yeah, he he's not as bad as we saw last year. I, I just no, can't believe that. I, I went big on him last year. I drafted him a lot, and he was usually going in redraft leagues around 70, 75 overall. And that did not work out well at all for me in redraft. But from a dynasty perspective, I would still agree with you as well. I want to get me some Mankata. His yeah. career's not done yet. He's still too talented. The lineup's elite. The park he hits in is a fun park to hit in. Everything seems mm-hmm. to line up that Yohan Mankata is now becoming a valuable opportunity to, to make a move on. Yeah. And, he, I mean, the biggest thing with him last season was he was too selective at the plate. He was trying too hard to find the pitches that he really wanted to hit. So he was kind of more looking for walks than anything else. But you can kind of attribute that to him basically losing an entire year um, with between COVID and trying to find his way back, trying to fight through it in 2020 and then coming into 2021, you know, slowly building up. But we saw we saw the flashes again. I mean, the talent is there. There's no denying it. It's just him. Try, he has to try to be a little more aggressive at the plate. And then, then you'll be able to see his his game translate because he's also a he's one of those few switch hitters that could actually also hit from both sides of the plate. So that's some that's another mm. thing. I mean, he's he's a really good player. I mean, there's a reason why he was, you know, heralded number one overall prospect. And they trade Chris Sale was, you know, how they got they traded Chris Sale to get him and obviously yep. Michael Kopech too. But I mean Yaw Moncada is just such a talented player. You can't can't give up on him. The one thing I'll ask you, though, what about the steals? Do you ever expect him to be a double-digit steal guy, though? I think he could steal 10 to 12, ba- 12, 10 to 12 bags. Okay. I mean, that's, that, I mean that, uh, to me, that's, that's fine. 
You can't expect all these guys to steal 20. That, the the no, part no, of that no. game is over, especially with LaRusa. LaRusa's not going to let these guys <laughs> run the, the way that they should. He's old school. But true. I mean, if they let him run, I mean, he's going to be hitting high, behind guys um, like Luis Robert that if it's a double steal, he's going to get those sneaky back-end steals. So he they're going to pile up. And with the run producers that they have on the team, if they need to you know, steal a bag in order to get in running scoring position late in the games, he, he's capable of doing it. So 10 to 12 bags a year, that I'm I'm comfortable saying you could do it. Yeah, all right. Well, that is a great, great point to wrap up the show on. We've hit the 30-minute mark. We've done it. It's the Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. We do it every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. If you miss the show, you can watch it in perpetuity at any time you want. 2 a.m., curled up in your bed. Uh, 3 o'clock p.m. on the beach with the pina colada. I don't know where you might be. During but a that's lunch also- break. Yeah, lunch break. Exactly. A solid lunch. Matthew says another solid 30. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate you interacting in the live chat. Don't be shy, guys. Make sure you follow Christian on Twitter, okay? He obviously showed. He knows what he's talking about here. Uh, Christian, send us out on a farewell. Remind the people why you're an awesome dude to be following. Man, I... If you guys have ever have any questions, anything at all, feel free to reach out to me. I I answer every DM that's sent to me, every message. I I love interacting with people. It's like I said, I could talk baseball nonstop. But yeah, make sure to follow us at Triple Play. Follow the prospect, the call up uh, series that we have going on. It's Marty and I are already finished AL East. We're almost done with the AL Central. We just did the Tigers episode this past weekend. Um, it's all up on the YouTube channel, you know, follow us on social media. We're doing a ton of great stuff there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm also writing MLB, uh, content, fantasy content for fantasy pros as well. You know, releasing articles. I just did one on a couple, um, unheralded prospects to target in your dynasty leagues that are probably available on the waiver wire that you should, uh, be looking to put on your rosters because I think they're going to make an impact. So be sure to check that out as well. Hell yeah. Perfect. Great. All right. Thank you so much, Christian. Christian Crespo joining us for this week's edition of the Plausible Podcast Prospect Show. We'll be back later in the week with our full episode. Me and Deary will be talking about the battle of the podcast, what we learned. The draft is done. 50 rounds in the can. You want to see what the best of the best did, what the experts did? We'll talk about it. We'll break down what we did as well in our leagues. But until then, Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Thank you for joining us. Sub the YouTube channel. We're seven away from 200. Let's close it. Let's close that gap. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Christian. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.